the board of directors have suggested some sort of a grand extension. Ruthless aggression. Allow me to introduce you to the new general manager of Raw, Eric Bischoff. Who in the green hell are you? I lie, I cheat, I steal. And that wrestle. Hello everyone and welcome to the, I guess what you would call the first episode of Dits vs. Josh. I am Josh representing the one and only red brand Raw. Dits is here as well. Dits, is this, would you call this our first episode? I guess it's our first. It's technically not, but I'm officially, as this is the first Smackdown vs. Raw episode, I'm going to say yes. And when yeah. I actually when I put this up, I'm going to put episode one as well, just just to rub a market with that. Yeah, well, we did the draft last week, and it was more of a just a kind of watch along, which we will do every single pay per view. We'll be watching along, as explained in the teaser, um, which was more just like fun time, really. Yeah, um, I mean that obviously detailed everything that you guys need to know. Um, but since then, we've changed up the formula a little bit. I can't even remember if we um, went over the, the ins and outs of how we're going to to rank it. But we're originally going to mark it in matches, um, promos, all that kind of stuff. But now we've just gone for the simplistic option of um, breaking each show down into segments, ranking it. And then right at the end, we give you a total, which is a percentage. And then we go, well, based on that, you'll know who the better show is. Because we, we've been honest I'd like to think, oh, Josh, yeah. you've been honest. Oh, yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, so you'll, you'll kind of gauge how we felt about the shows and because of we, you know, what we've been selling to you guys, you'll be able to base your own opinion off you know, what we've talked about in our scores. So you have, like, a benchmark to go from. We set the bar. Yeah, and it's less – we've made it very clear that it's not really about, like, the context of each show – to a certain degree, it's how we sell it to you. We can sell shit. We can we can do that. But you just got to tell us which one's selling it better, which who really is winning every week. Um, listen, it's all fun and games. Before we even go into it, I guess, um, I guess we can just kind of say this is the this is the first ever brand extension in WWE, obviously. Um it obviously has a different feel than when we watched the draft last week. We obviously had a different intro for each show and it just had a different look. Um, how did you feel just bef- before you even break it down, I guess the overall concept of the brand extension was a good thing or do you think it shouldn't have ever really happened? I, th- I think it was, it was born out of necessity because as soon as you got the WCW guys in, the ECW guys in, there's just too many people to fit on what, I mean, exactly like it is now in 2019, there's just too many bodies to fit onto one show. And yeah, it it was a necessary move. You could not, there's no way you could have put raw and SmackDown and kept every single person on that roster happy. You'd have so many 
um, wasted talent. And it's not like you had the network back then to, you know, put them on shows like, right. I mean, obviously it's not the same as wrestling matches, but putting them on like ride alongs and, you know, the swerves and all that kind of stuff. um, They wouldn't have had that option back then. So they literally would have been either limited to house shows, but even then they might not even made the house shows. So you'd have really talented guys, not even hitting the shows, which would be an absolute travesty considering the amount of guys that did come over from WCW in the end. Not all of them were bad. No. <laughs> so, on, there were I some mean, that were bad, but not all of them. Uh, yeah, once we had the invasion and that kind of went away, and then it was time for this. You're exactly right. There was just a lot of talent. Like, it kind of seemed like this was the the only move to take. But I, I agree with you. It, it was a perfect thing to do. And I guess that's what we're going to relive here is the OG brand extension. But for all the details that you need to know, Check out, pause this and go check out the teaser that we dropped because that'll kind of explain everything you need to know of what we're going to do. But I guess we should probably get started. I guess I I have the honors of going first since Raw airs before SmackDown. So I guess I'll start. I mean, well, I will say before you go off and try to sell Raw as superior to mine, which is an impossible (laughs) task, um, we have missed a show. So the brand extension oh, yes. was Raw, and then we had a SmackDown that same week, but the brands were still together. They weren't separate at that point. So we've we've skipped that, and I, I in, my, in my memory, I don't remember much happening on that show. I know Brock Lesnar came and did some shit, and then you had the great segment of um, Kane hitting a promo on The Rock and Hogan. That's it. That's all I remember. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's... All, you, that's all you're getting from us. Yeah, that's all I remember. There was an NWO versus Kane, Hogan, and yes. and um, Rock match. But that was in ties with the Kane segment. That's what we remember from that SmackDown. But yes, we did miss a show only for pure... Well, the, dra- the draft didn't take effect until the first Raw. So yeah. um, that's kind of where we catapulted that off of. It was just easier to go that way. So, But... Oh, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, there's there's your perfect, um, your leaping point from that that nobody cares about and segue straight into your <laughs> horrendous Raw show. I mean, horrendous is a word to use. Come on I, now. I mean, I've seen a snippet and it was bad. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> if that's if that's what you want to call, I'm, you can't see me, everyone, but I'm using quotation marks, bad, you know, bad. <laughs> If that's what you want to call bad. Anyway, let's let's get this show on the road, shall we? I again, I have the honors of going first. Raw Raw airs first, so that's what's kind of going on here. So, um, Raw starts with, of course, that that signature that I miss so much, and you you this will be a part of the Raw that you agree with me that do 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 you know the the signature at the start of every WWE show. And I just missed that, that little, like, it had the words and had attitude, entertainment, it had everything. And I was like, ah, I just missed that. But anyway, that kicked off the show and Ric Flair opened the show before an intro, before anything, Ric Flair was sitting in his office and claiming that it's a new era of Raw. Um, it's the Ric Flair era. He's the co-owner of WWE. He owns Raw, I guess. And Vince McMahon owns SmackDown. And um, he has the new WWF Undisputed Championship. It's all shiny. It's a very pretty championship. I think you said on the draft watch along that you like that. Is that right? 
That's my favorite belt. Yeah, that is a beautiful championship. But Ric Flair says that he's going to present the Undisputed Championship to Triple H tonight on Raw. Um, And then the Across the Nation intro plays, and that just gives me all of the nostalgia in the world, that song. That is like my nostalgia-filled song for wrestling. It's just that intro, and uh, it was, you know, it really was like a new era in Raw. Like, they had the new set, they had the new song. The arena was, like, brighter. Like, it looked lighter than... (laughs) When we watched the draft, it was it was very different. But to kick off Raw Roars in Albany, New York, Raw started with an Intercontinental Championship match. Rob Van Dam defending against Booker T. It was very evenly matched. The crowd was very pro-RVD. Uh, RVD was really fucking over. It's one way to put RVD. He was just really over and sometimes I forget how over RVD really was but um the spot that I noticed most from this match was there was multiple attempts at Booker T trying to do a spin rooney and um at one point he did a spin rooney and kipped up into a spinning heel kick and it was magnificent and it like made the match um RVD ended up winning with a five star it was a pretty good match I gave it a six out of ten not being too generous here but it was a pretty good match but after the match, Eddie Guerrero come in and he attacked RVD. And um, that kind of set up where we're going with Eddie and RVD, um, which is cool because it's like a battle of the frog splashes. Who does it better? In your opinion, Ditz, who does a better frog splash, RVD or Eddie Guerrero? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say RVD just because of the, the entire, the, the entire, the, the jump up to the turnbuckle. And then he always gets air on it. And then it's the cell when he hits them. Like he rolls around for about 10 seconds before he actually makes the cover. Whereas Eddie was just like, Eddie was no, just no, all business straight in there. Frog splash done pin one, two, three. I like the theatrics of an RVD five-star frog splash, which is why it was five stars. It was five stars. Eddie's was a frog splash, but I guess it wasn't five stars. Exactly. Um, But nonetheless, Cool little match. I, I really did enjoy it. And I was just really into how into the crowd. <laughs> um, they, had, they were just so loud for RVD. They were just very pro-RVD. But it was a fun little match. Um, next on Raw, that piece of shit from SmackDown comes out, Vince McMahon. Because the whole premise of this episode is Ric Flair and Vince McMahon are trying to sign Stone Cold Steve Austin to their brand's show that's what the whole premise of this episode is but Vince McMahon comes out to very heavy booze um I'm screaming at the television at this point because he's blue I don't want any blue on my show I want red I I, I feel betrayed by Vince here I didn't even know he went on raw see not even he wants to stay on your show it's that bad um but yeah he calls out he's got he's got his clipboard the blue clipboard just to you know really sell that it's smackdown um and he wants Stone Cold. And um, JR says on commentary why Vince is talking that Ric Flair's ordered a commercial break. He's, he doesn't want Vince on his screen, I, I guess you want, I guess you'll say. But after the commercial, Vince is still there. He's flapping his gums, saying he wants Austin. And Ric Flair sends out security to surround the ring. Vince says he'll fight the security because I guess Vince is crazy. <laughs> um, but Flair ends up coming out. He says... 
basically pissed off Vince. We don't want you here. Um, he asked the crowd where they want Austin to go. They boo SmackDown. They cheer Raw as a normal person, um, you know, as a normal person would. Um, but Vince says that no one can stop him from signing Austin and Ric Flair brings out the big show. And the big show comes out to send Vince pack and he throws him through the arena door and basically tells Vince to piss off. Um, I rated that segment 7.5 out of 10 just to be fancy, but it was fun. Um, n- n- no matter the circumstances, then Vince was always entertaining. And so is Rick. I mean, Rick Flair's great. Um, big show did his job. It was all cool. Um, the whole arena sang the na 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. goodbye. It was fun though. I don't like that Vince come on to our show though. It's not. It's not cool. I don't yeah. want any blue on this show. He owns it. Come on. <laughs> you know he owns it. Hey, hey. This is <laughs> this is kayfabe central over here. Ric Flair is the co-owner of WWE at this point. He owns Raw. Vince can't will, come onto the show. I will break kayfabe if it means me winning this fucking thing. Don't you worry. <laughs> see, see, I want everyone to know that I am the honorable person of this. I am the one that's doing the right thing. I'm playing it by the rules. And here comes Dits over here going, I'll do anything it takes to win. You will. You'll, you, one day you'll find when I'm like six shows ahead of you and you, you, you're stuck on zero, you'll, you'll get desperate. You'll turn heel. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll hold you to that. Oh. Um, everyone listening right now, when you go to vote in our poll that we will we will have on uh, the Dits versus Josh Twitter handle, um, make sure you click red, click raw, because do you really want this? Is he, did you hear that? He wants me to turn heel. I'm not even just, just saying whether I'm a face or a heel at this point, and he's just assuming that I'm a mega baby face. And I just, uh, assumptions will kill you, my friend. Assumptions will kill you. But if anyone's on the fence at the moment about me right now, I don't think this match will disappoint because the European champion, William Regal, is not defending his championship, but he is, however, fighting one Spike Dudley. Nice. And uh, he beat the crap out of Spike in this match. Um, The referee, of course, was doing the, you know, normal thing with Regal, checking his boots and everything for the uh, famous brass knucks. The referee even at one point got brass knucks from the turnbuckle pad and took them and put them in his pocket because that Regal is a dastardly bastard and he just has to cheat to win. Sounds like dits. Um, but, um, <laughs> but so at the, the finish of this match is what's, what is most notable here after uh, Ric Flair, after William Regal just beat the crap out of Spike. He went to find the brass knucks in the turnbuckle pad, but they weren't there, allowing Spike to hit the Dudley dog for the win. Spike gets the big win over the European champion in a non-title match. It was a it was a fun match. I gave it a 6 out of 10. It did its job. It progressed what it needed to do, and it gave that cool little underdog... Uh, Cool little underdog moment, and I appreciate that. I always love a good underdog story. Who doesn't, right? Am I right? Yeah. So you you are the underdog here, to be fair, so toot your own horn, mate. Everyone loves a good underdog story. <laughs> they don't call it a comeback for nothing. 
but uh, this is this is what I like the most about probably this whole show, and I don't even know why. There was a backstage segment with the NWO, and uh, they're walking backstage, and they find the, I guess, the remains of the APA office. Bradshaw's on Raw um, before it got drafted away to, you know, that other place. <laughs> and um, it's just trash. Like, the door's all smashed. There's just crap everywhere behind the door. And the NWO are laughing about it. And, um, you know... Typical NWO stuff. I'll get to the I'll get to the fun of it. Um, we we segment back into another backstage segment, and it's Terry. She uh she's talking to Trish Stratus, and they have the Divas magazine in front of them, and Trish is on the cover. And uh, Terry thinks that Trish is a changed person because she's on the cover of the uh the Divas magazine. She thinks it's all gone to Trish's head, and. Trish is like, no, and they end up getting into a little bit of an argument before Ric Flair comes over. And he says, hey, ladies, calm down. You don't need to be fighting like this. Um, and he books a match for later later this evening on Raw, and it's going to be Trish Stratus versus Terry. Sounds all normal. But they're going to be wrestling in bikinis, of <laughs> course, because it's 2002. But that's not all. It's not a regular match. This match gets a stipulation. Um, for anyone uh, wondering what this stipulation will be, well, it's going to be a paddle on a pole match. And the the first lady to climb the turnbuckle and grab the paddle off of the pole wins and then gets to, uh, in Ric Flair's words, spank the loser with the paddle. Um, so as you can tell, it's very hardcore over here. Um, but they will wrestle in bikinis, I guess. My teenage self is going absolutely nuts right now. Yeah. Um, I was young at this point. I would have been about eight. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) at eight years old, I'm just like, what the hell? Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, we go to another backstage segment. And uh, Coach is interviewing Deborah, and he's asking if Deborah knows what Stone Cold's going to do. Is he going to sign with Raw, or is he going to sign with SmackDown? Deborah doesn't know, but all she knows is that Stone Cold will make the decision tonight. So, I mean, that's the whole that's the whole kind of um, premise of this of this show is that where will Stone Cold go? Um, another backstage segment before we get back to the ring and. Bradshaw has now found the NWO just laughing at the remains of the uh, APA office. Bradshaw is pissed and he starts brawling with the NWO and um, kind of just segue away from that as they're brawling. But um, we have a hardcore championship match. Raven is defending the hardcore championship against Bubba Ray Dudley. It has all of the weapon spots, you would assume, um, including at one point, Bubba Ray Dudley hitting Raven with an orange <laughs> with an orange. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, you don't see that anymore. No, it's a bit too uh, uh, unfriendly for the viewer to see someone. Well, I, uh, I should note that um, he had three oranges and Bubba ate one and then hit Raven with another. Um, but there was kendo sticks and fire extinguishers. Um, lots of drop toe holds onto chairs. 
Um, they were kind of nasty. But uh, Bubba got the win with a Bubba Bomb. We got a new hardcore champion. I gave it a 7 out of 10 because it was a fun little hardcore match. And I'm, I guess I'm a sucker for an orange spot. Um, can you ever say another time where you've seen someone get hit with an orange in wrestling? Uh, no, no, I can't. <laughs> an apple. I've seen an apple. Yeah, well, apples, yeah. But no citrus. No citrus. No citrus. No, no, yeah, no lemons, no limes. <laughs> oranges on their own. Yeah. Only on Raw, folks. If you want more orange spots, you got to watch the Red Show for that. Um, but we go back. To Vince is outside the building in his limo. He's still there, still wants Austin, and he said he will sign Austin, and he's going to try and get Austin to go to his limo. Uh, mm. Vince is, uh, at least he's not in the show at this point because I don't want him on Raw. Neither does Ric Flair. So me and Flair are on the same page, I guess. We both don't want Vince here. But um, I guess if you want to see Vince, I guess he's probably plastered all over your show. But uh, <laughs> he makes a few appearances, <laughs> which are welcomed, by the way. We ain't welcomed here on Raw, that's for sure. Um, but Ric Flair is back. He's here to present Triple H with the brand new, beautiful WWF Undisputed Championship. Um, he goes to call out Triple H to give him the title, but it's the Undertaker that comes out. Taker comes out, and he doesn't look happy. Go figure, it's Taker. Um, but he wants the Undisputed Championship. He said he's the one that deserves the Undisputed Championship. And it shouldn't be Triple H getting awarded this championship. It should be it should be him. He's ready for a fight. He's looking to fight Flair. Um, but Triple H ends up coming out and says if he wants to fight anyone, um, he should fight Triple H because he's the Undisputed Champion. Taker challenges Triple H to a undisputed championship match at Backlash. Triple H accepts. They said they should do it tonight, but of course, that that great heel-like maneuver, Undertaker backs away and said Backlash is fine. So we've got our main event for Backlash. It's Triple H and Undertaker. Um, that should be fun. We get to watch that together. I actually have Backlash on DVD somewhere. And that, I've, that backlash, that backlash. Yeah, I think that was the first wrestling DVD. Obviously, I had VHS before. But I think that's the yeah. first wrestling DVD I ever have, and I actually cannot remember a single thing from it, apart from Brock Lesnar absolutely destroying some people. But apart from that, so I'm looking yeah. forward to watching that. Damn, I well, the more you know, I guess the more you know. But nonetheless, uh, it should be fun. Should be a fun little main event. I think I've watched it. If I have, it hasn't been for a long time, which is a good thing because I'll yeah. be like, what the fuck? Um, next up, we have a tag team match between Big Boss Man and Mr. Perfect against the, the Hardy Boys. Now, um, I don't lie here on here on my cell of, of Raw. When something is bad, I will happily say it's bad. However, <laughs> I found entertainment in the fact that this match was so bad. 
Now, I rated my match according to the match quality itself, but I was entertained because there was a lot of fuck-ups in this match. <laughs> we had some awful spine busters from one big boss man to Jeff Hardy. We had Jeff Hardy fall off the top rope attempting to do a swanton. Um, Mr. Perfect, and so the finish was a twist of fate into a swanton, and Matt wasn't in quite the right spot to get to Mr. Perfect in time. So it was just, just visualize that Mr. Perfect trying to break up the pin and Matt not quite being there and Mr. Perfect having to stop running to, to break up the pin to allow the match to end. Um, it wasn't great. However, it was entertaining for the amount of just fuck ups in the match. So take it for that, everybody. Um, if you want to watch this roar back, Watch the match and just have a smile on your face because that's what I did for the match. Um, I rated it on match quality. The match itself was bogus, so three out of ten. Yeesh. However, however, after the match, Brock Lesnar comes out and fucking destroys the Hardys. There is multiple power bombs to Jeff Hardy that looked nasty. He tossed around fucking um, Matt, and it was just it was ugly in the best way possible he absolutely beat the crap out of the hardys Heyman was there um you know being Heyman. that part itself was just mwah, great brock lesnar beating up people in 2002 may be my kink i'm not sure but speaking of kinks i'm sure people had some kinks for this bikini paddle on a pole match trish stratus terry now, um, they come out in robes because I guess, I guess that's what you do when you wear a bikini to the ring is that you come out in some kind of a robe or a jacket. Um, Terry takes off her robe and she's not just wearing any kind of bikini. She's wearing a thong. So um, Jerry Lawler at this point is not alive anymore. He's just lost <laughs> his marbles, um, just going crazy. Trish looks great. The crowd's just chanting, we want puppies. Um mm. There's a lot of attempts at powerbomb spots, but a lot of just grinding, I guess would be the word. Um, Trish ends up winning, but before she can attack Terry with the paddle, in comes Molly Holly, who on a side note is just my favorite women's wrestler of all time. So at this point, the segment for me is just at 400 because Molly Holly is involved. And um, she steals the paddle from Trish and she clocks her over the head with the paddle, and it makes one heck of a noise, like, ouch. So I rated this segment a 400 out of 10, but in the terms of keeping it out of 10, I gave it a 9 because it's just amazing because Molly Holly is involved. And the paddle noise, I mean, I wouldn't like to get hit in the head with it. It made a, a solid thud. I guess we, you wouldn't get paddle on a pole matches over there. Yeah, we have class on SmackDown. Oh! We have yeah. ass, so <laughs> ass, we have ass. So hey, I guess sex sells. It did for a long time in wrestling. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether to be gutted or happy that you got that. I'm I'm going to use it to my advantage, <laughs> and I think all the people listening would at least go back. At least a lot of dudes my age would go back and go ah. A nice bikini paddle on a pole match. I'm taking it for what it is. I understand it's very degrading to women and it's not fun for that. But in this time, that's what the norm was. So I'm just rating it on that. But um, 
it was a f- the 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 bit that got me was just the paddle over the head because it made please make sure go go to the network go to YouTube go to the internet and type in this match and go to the very end because tonk that noise that it made <laughs> I can't even like give it justice the noise that it made over the head of Trish I was like ow so that kind of made the segment for me. Um, Now, the last match on the show before the very last segment is X-Pac of the NWO versus Kane. Um, X-Pac comes out with the NWO, of course, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. Um, It's a lot of the numbers going against Kane every time Kane gets an advantage. The NWO distract the referee or they do, you know, normal shenanigans that you would expect from a heel faction. Um, There's a few little cool spots. X-Pac versus Kane is what it is. it's it's a lot of again the numbers and stuff, but whereas Kane goes to do the choke slam and and win against X Pac, um, in comes Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. They beat up, try to they cause the DQ. Bradshaw ends up coming out. He clears house. Kane and Bradshaw stand tall, tall over the NWO. I gave it a six out of ten. It was just what it was. It did its job. Got to the next point. Um, you know. It's just a standard match, but it, it did what it needed to do. That's called storyline progression. Not everything has to be, uh, you know, shot out of the park. You just need to get to the next base, if you get me. Um, but, of course, the main event of this show, the main segment, we've been hyping it all the time, was Stone Cold. Where's he going to go, Raw or SmackDown? Um, Vince and Rick are in the ring. They both have their red and blue clipboards, clipboards pr- respectively, of course, to sell red and blue. Um, they're arguing. Austin comes down, and he's doing the usual Austin shtick. You know, what, 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 what? The normal Austin stuff. He's teasing he's going to sign with Raw. He teases he's going to sign with SmackDown. He teases he's going to sign with SmackDown even more. And it looks like he's about to sign with SmackDown. Um, He asks Vince where to sign it. Where does he sign? Vince says, go to the last page. And before he signs it, he looks up at Vince and says, hey, what's the date today? And Vince says, April 1st. And, of course, Austin goes, April Fool's. Gives him a stunner, signs with Raw, stunners Rick as well, because why not, and drinks some beer. And that's the end of Raw. I gave that segment a 9 out of 10, because it was Austin, it was Vince, it was Flair, there was stunners, there was Steve Weisers. It had everything you want. It had everything you want, and Austin signed on that dotted line to come to the Red Show, so I'm happy with that. Um, I like this Raw. There was some stinkers, but hey, I'm not going to lie to anybody. There's stinkers on there. I'm going to do my best here. Find the entertainment in them. Um, but it was a fun Raw. I'd like to see your SmackDown try to try to beat that Raw because we had bikini paddles on a pole match. <laughs> you didn't. I can, I can nearly attest. I haven't even watched that SmackDown, and I can nearly attest that you would have not had a bikini paddle on the pole match. I'm really disappointed to say that we, we did not have a dignity <laughs> on a pole match, but um, I'm sure I've got enough to top it. And to be worse than it as well, to be fair. I'll be honest as well. I will be honest as well. I'm not full heel. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, what percentage did you give that show? Well, um, 
I'm dumb at math, so Dits worked out the percentage for me. <laughs> uh, uh, what was it? A fifty-one point two five. Was that was that the correct? That is the one. It, it, hey, it's still over halfway. It's still over average, technically. And I told you, I ain't gonna lie to anything, but I find the entertainment, and I rate these matches on pure match quality, not on, you know, if it's shit. <laughs> I mean, it's almost as if the. Um... The bikinis actually saved Raw for you this week. It, that, that I mean, that was your highest rated segment, on, was it? That spot on, with that paddle was nasty. <laughs> Wait, it was you, nasty. You sent that clip to me, and I, I, was, I was at work, and I listened to it, and it was because I had my Bluetooth hooked up to the office speaker. <laughs> I didn't realize, and then all we heard was a bonk. <laughs> I was like, it was not, it was loud, wasn't it? So I was like, um, yeah, that was just somebody getting hit in their face. Like, what? He said, you won't understand. You won't understand. If I show you this, then you're going to start questioning what oh, I yeah. do in my spare time. So, Dude, trust me, I, I get that all the time at work because most people around here do not watch wrestling apart from the very core, a few core people that do. And everyone knows I like it, but everyone's like, what the fuck? If I showed them that, they'd be like, what? <laughs> just, it'd be a big what with a big question mark. Yeah. I, ju- I just came back from the toilets at that point as well. So if I walked in and somebody saw that on my phone screen, they'd be like, did you go for a pee or did you do something else in that cubicle? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I get off the paddles. <laughs> on pause. <laughs> <laughs> I get off to women getting hit in the head with it, apparently. <laughs> Each to their own, mate. Each to their own. <laughs> no judgment zone here, everyone. If, I guess if you like women getting hit in the head, vote for Raw. <laughs> That's a sound bite. Oh, boy. <laughs> get it on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess I need to sell the blue side of things. Good fucking luck. Uh, well, I, fair play to you. You went into some detail, so I will give you that. And I think your notes are a little bit deeper than mine. I have literally done... Oh, I ad-libbed. Trust me. I ad-libbed on these notes. They were very brief, and I was just like... It was like cue card. <laughs> it was like dot points, and I was like, yeah, I know what happened there. I mean, I mean you know me from my, my own show, um, the uh, Dits on Wrestling podcast, for those who wish to subscribe to it. Um, What's that? What is that? Fucking shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I forget a lot of stuff. And I I watched this on, well, somebody could listen to this like an hour after, uh, an hour, a year after this is released. So, I mean, me saying, oh, yeah, I listened to it last week or, you know, it'd be of no bearing to them. I listened to it the other day, four days ago before recording this. And I've forgotten a lot of it. So thankfully, I actually did make notes. So that is the key. Make notes. Otherwise, I would literally be sat here saying, yeah, SmackDown was all right, mate. I'll give it 10. But that wouldn't be right. So I've made notes, but not as good as you. But my content is better than yours, I'll tell you now. Right, so um, I can't tell you where SmackDown came from. Um, it was someplace in America. Um, it, I, now, I don't know because I didn't watch that SmackDown after the brand split. And I don't remember any SmackDowns before the brand split. But we had beautiful people as the intro, which was always absolutely kick-ass. Every, t- every time I sat down to watch SmackDown, I heard that theme. 
just instant buzz straight away. And then as soon as it clocks off, you get the fist and you get the pyro all around it. My God, that if that is not the image of the ruthless aggression era, I don't know what is. And I mean, that fist stood the test of time. I don't know when they got rid of it. I think it was like 2008, maybe. So we had six good years with that thing. Um, and without it, we wouldn't have had that amazing spot in SmackDown Shut Your Mouth where you jump off it. Oh, I was just about to say that. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. And you would like tumble when you'd fall. You'd be like, ah. <laughs> I fucking love that game. That's all we ever did. Like, I'd go around. Oh, Me let's play too. It. Let's just I play it. that game still. Like, I genuinely play that game on my PS2 whenever I want to. And it's just like you get that intro, the oh, do 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 do, and then it's do 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 do, and then you get all the oh man, that's a fantastic game. Fuck! And now I'm helping you sell your show. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, that's uh, that's SmackDown for this week. Uh, I'm, I, I could just, I'm just going to talk about uh, sh- shut your mouth and here comes the pain. That will get me through this. Oh, okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm so fine with that. Hey, maybe we could do a bonus episode about SmackDown games and then ultimately SmackDown versus Raw games because that does shockingly fit in. Um, oh, really? So keeping in the tone of the current state of wrestling... Uh, we opened with a 17-minute promo. However, it was really good. Kurt Angle came out, had the um, mandatory you suck chance as he came to the ring. He had hair, which surprised me. I thought he'd lost his hair at this point, but he still had it, just keeping on to it. Um, and he was running down all the list of reasons why he should be the number one contender. And I should add that what you heard about Raw, forget about it. Because The Undertaker is not the number one contender for the WWF Undisputed Championship. Apparently, Vince won some sort of coin toss, which allowed him to pick the number one (laughs) contender. So there you go. You have been trumped. At the first hurdle, and we do not have Triple H versus The Undertaker at Backlash. Or do we? Who knows? I'll tell you that <laughs> later on. <laughs> so you, this whole fucking SmackDown episode just made my Raw episode <laughs> fucking redundant. Well, you had, you, I mean, you, you had the, the panties and you had Stone Cold, so it's not completely redundant. Panties is such a word. So oh, there you go. I, I've, I've given you... I've I've bigged up Raw a little bit for you there. I'm trying to help you out. Oh man, panties <laughs> is such a word. <laughs> I don't like the word panties, and I hate like it's like panties. oh like moist and panties. Like that's like <laughs> the worst words. Like oh, <laughs> carry on. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually have an advantage with SmackDown because. I can kind of, well, not not completely. I mean, it's not like now where you get like 7 million recaps of Raw, like, but you, you kind of get the gist of what happened. So I can use that against you, which is fun. Um, but awesome. Angle was uh, <laughs> running down the reasons why he should be uh, the number one contender against Triple H at Backlash. Now, my favorite one was his second reason, or it might have been his third reason. His second reason was just because he was an Olympic gold medalist. He said, that's a reason enough. But his third reason was my favorite, and that was that he was adored and admired by children and senior citizens worldwide, especially the sick ones. Now, I don't even know what that means, but 
I found it funny. It amused me. And that's just, that is Kurt Angle in a nutshell. He is one funny guy. And I, I don't think people give him, I mean, people do give him credit for being funny, but I don't know. There was just something about him that I just thought was absolutely hilarious. Like every single week he could switch from serious, just a, you know, flat out hilarious. And that's what I loved about Kurt Angle. That is why he's on my Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Is he? Oh. Yeah, he is. But that is oh. a podcast episode for another day. Um, then Chris Jericho comes out and says that he should be the number one contender and that he's sick and tired of everybody calling him a has-been. Um, and that is that is the gist of what he comes out with. And then The Rock comes out to a mega pop. And of he course. starts to, Of course. He starts to sell himself as the number one contender, but then holds up to say there's somebody better than him as an option to face Triple H at Backlash. He said, he's good enough to do it, but his time will come and he will let this other person slip, step in and the crowd start chanting for Hogan. And then The Rock follows suit and he wants to see Hogan as the number one contender. It, I mean, even looking at this back from, you know, in 2002, to see Hogan still with such a spotlight was a little bit strange. I, I can't, I, I don't remember him being thrust straight into it following um, WrestleMania 18. Um, I thought it was like a slow, he started like not mid card, but like lower, lower, like maybe like just below the main event and then worked his way up. But no, um, he was thrown into the number one contendership <laughs> picture straight away. Um, and yeah, he said, so yeah, Rock was just like, we should give the title shot to a legend, an icon. And then Hulk Hogan was the guy he wanted to put forward. Um, he finished off his promo the way only The Rock can by saying the guy <laughs> that Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho just stood in the ring with a thumbs up the candy asses. Um, so annoyingly, they bleeped that out, which was really sad. Ah, see, Raw's a live show. Over on SmackDown, it's taped. Ah. Post production. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the beeps. It took it, it took it away a little bit, but I, I don't know. Sometimes beeps can have a good effect. Sometimes, but not in this case. I wanted well, to hear. SmackDown was always ass. a PG show, wasn't it? Um, it's, it came up with TV fourteen on the on oh. the network. So as it may have been PG at the time. Um, I gave that segment an eight out of ten. Um, it was funny, and it had. Kurt Angle, Jericho, and The Rock in it. I mean, I'd, I I could have just said that at the start. I wouldn't even need to tell you what was in it. And that would be deemed worthy of an 8 out of 10. Um, so moving on to the second segment, our first match of the night. Uh, we had a tag team title match. So we had the champions, Billy and Chuck, closely followed by Rico. Um, they were taking on the team of Scotty Too Hotty and Albert. Remember oh. those two as a team? I, I didn't. Don't. <laughs> uh, apparently, I they've been def- together for six months at this point. Oh! Yeah. Oh! Um, it, was, it was an okay match. I mean, the, I mean, on my notes, I put the highlight was um, that Chuck Palumbo tagged in Billy Gunn with a headbutt to the penis. Um, nice. Yeah, and that was that's not wrestling. So out in a wrestling match for that to be the highlight, I think kind of says it all, really. Um, then there was shenanigans. Rico was starting to get involved, um, and he before Scotty unleashed um, the worm 
on Billy Gunn. Rico came in and pretty much decapitated Scotty Tuoi. I mean, this thing looked absolutely brutal. And I forgot that Rico was capable of this. I mean, I always thought he was just a manager who, you know, didn't have really anything to him, but he could do stuff. And that kick, yeah. my God, was absolutely devastating. So if you do go back and watch this, just you'll know what I mean as soon as you see it. Like, Scotty, I mean, he either sold it really well or he actually did get obliterated in the face. Um, and that caused um, Scotty to take the pin and Billy and Chuck retained the titles. Does um, that mean you get to hear that awesome song again? You look yeah. so good to me. Yeah, that. Thank you, by the way. I why am going I on The stop? Voice next year. Why, why did you stop? Um, I didn't want to, like, sell Same. your show better than <laughs> Raw, so I stopped. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a decent match. Um, after it, um, Scotty tried to get some revenge on Rico. Um, as I always remember to be the case, Rico comes in, does something, and that gets his comeuppance. In this case, he did not. The, Scotty was going for the worm, and then got his head kicked off by Albert, who turned heel on him. He um, yeah, destroyed him, threw him around the ring, and screamed at him, um, saying that Scotty Too Hot had let him down. Six months wasted. I mean, I, I guess the six months was wasted anyway with that team. I mean, I don't really see anything in it. I, the fact that I don't remember that they teamed together. I'm, I'm with Albert on this one. Wasted. Um, I gave that whole segment six out of ten, which I think was fair. Um, then we go on to, Ooh, it's the fun bit. Vince came out of his office to a microphone in the face and he announced the number one contender to face triple H. And I think you can probably guess who it ended up being. It of course was the immortal one, Hulk undertaker, undertaker. (laughs) Come on. Um, he, I mean, the fact that he just said, ah, I don't listen to the people, which sounds familiar. Um, he ended up going with the people anyway. And we've got Hulk Hogan against Triple H at Backlash. So, yeah, we've got that to look forward to. Um, and then Chris Jericho was seen in his dressing room, incredibly pissed off, throwing around some furniture. Uh, he left, his, left the locker room, confronted The Rock, who... Um, it was kind of like, yeah, well, whatever. Hogan deserves it. Chris Jericho was firing back at him. And then a match was announced between the two of them. I mean, it was it was a good back and forth. I don't really remember anything about it. But, you know, The Rock and Chris Jericho together, you know, great. And, the, you know, Chris kind of was saying, you know, I've beaten you so many times, you know. And, hell, you you beat Hogan at WrestleMania. So why the hell is he number one contender? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun little segment. I gave it 7 out of 10. Despite, despite Hogan being announced which was you know a little bit sad um (laughs) then we go into another match we got christian versus ddp there you Mm. go yeah so um we had a night in fact this match actually merited a pre-match promo which surprised me as in not a speaking on the mic promo like a video package promo um oh yes and it all centered around christian's tantrums which were always a oh, yes. thing. Always they were great. Um, so we had a whole 40-second uh, video package on that, which, to be honest, was actually better than the match itself. Um, it, and to be fair, it, it, was, it was an okay match for what it was. Um, but 
Christian, after failing to hit the free count, he got a near fall. He started to tantrum. But it turned out he was playing possum, Josh. And DDP walked right into it. He got a rake to the eyes, an unprettier, and then Christian won one, two, three. And that was it. Oh. It was I mean, decent. it wasn't great. I'm always for a Christian win. I was happy with a Christian win as well. I was never a DDP guy, as we. Oh, I, think, I think we both alluded to that last yes, week for the brand split. We did. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was. I gave that six out of ten, which was fair. It seems, seems to be a. Um, it seems to be a running theme. My sixes at the moment. Um, six. However, we t- we go from six to a higher number right now because. We had Kurt Angle talking to himself, it would seem, backstage, bemoaning the fact that Hogan was chosen ahead of him for the number one contendership. And then out of nowhere, Edge approaches him. Angle's not happy about it. But Edge says he's been rummaging around in his attic and has found some pictures of when ENC used to run around with Angle back in the day. I say back in the day. It was probably about a year ago. But (laughs) this, this is the... I w- I'd call it famous. I'd say it's very well known. Angle holds up the pictures and you've got all the messages on the back. I suck. Yes, I do. I have no testicles. All that jazz. It's all really, the good stuff. All the good stuff. All the and good then, stuff. And then, of course, Angle realizes and throws a hissy fit. And off he goes. It closes off with son of a bitch. But we don't hear the bitch because it's Smackdown. And it's... If you were on Raw, you would hear the bitch. But the the fact that it, the last sign said "P.S. I love testicles." Oh no, I love testicles. It didn't say that, but it could have said that. It just funny. It says, "I have no testicles." Um, I gave it nine out of ten. <laughs> That's also a sound bite. <laughs> I love testicles. Not me. Uh, that that is a sound bite. <laughs> I mean, John, we repeat it again so you can capture it. I. Love testicles. There you go. That that can be yes. our little um, teaser for the episode or future episodes. Exactly. In fact, that can just be the opening. That can just be our theme. Um, then we had ooh ooh we go we go from a nine to a little bit of a dip down here. We have a Triple H promo. Um, he says he doesn't care who he faces. He said ultimately he he's going to come for Taker as soon as he's done with Hogan promises it in fact that he's going to come after taker blah 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 i really wasn't paying attention to be honest uh triple h at this point just doesn't interest me i, I don't know about you but babyface triple h 2002 eh. hulk comes down and i'm equally as excited about hulk um his appearance he surprised he got the shot um and says that there is nothing bigger then the undisputed title, and he reels off um, the slam on Andre the Giant, his recent match against The Rock at WrestleMania 18. But he says the undisputed title is the biggest thing he's been a part of. Eh, I'd say it's debatable, but there you go. Um, Triple H says that it's an absolute honor to be sharing the ring with him at Backlash. However, he's just another obstacle that he's going to have to run down. So... He's kind of playing the heel in this. Not completely, but he's playing the heel role because a face Triple H against a face Hogan. I don't want to see that. These people don't Face Triple H in general is just not great. Yeah. I mean, the fans were into it. But well, yeah. 
But it's on SmackDown, so they could pipe that shit in. That is true. It's very canned. Um, And then Hulk started reeling off his Hulkamania crap. Uh, And then that was the end of the segment. Five out of ten. It didn't impress me. It was it was it sold what it was meant to sell, but I don't want to see that again. I'm I'm done with that. But we go up again as we have Edge versus Kurt Angle. I could just say that, and we've already hit a high point. Um, the match was actually okay. It wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be a long, drawn-out match. Um, it yeah. It, I mean, it was. It didn't end cleanly, setting up a future match. So, Angle got a chair involved. Edge went flying into the damn thing at some fucking speed. I mean, it was much in the same way of getting hit in the head with um, with a paddle except less sexy. Um, yeah, it looked like it hurt. And then obviously that caused the DQ, which Kurt wasn't happy about, but Edge got his own back. Um, he was bloodied up. Oh. No blading. Legit bloodied up. So that oh. shows the impact of the chair shot. Did you get blood when that paddle hit? Uh, no, we didn't get blood. So we Didn't get just, blood. Well, you got blood somewhere. Oh my god, I've just lowered the tone. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I'm crying. <laughs> oh, that, that, this is the this is the um, Please the, move along. <laughs> this is the level of maturity you'll get on Dits versus Josh. <laughs> Uh, panties and erections. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I think I just got an erection for that joke. <laughs> there you go. See, the, the, the aim is to incapacitate Josh, and then I kind of just have sole ownership of this podcast and therefore win by default. Uh, so then we go on. Speaking of, well, actually, speaking of erections, we had Tori Wilson in the next segment. Um, Wasn't she? Um, She wasn't wearing the Japanese robe at this point, though. So we hadn't got to that point. Remember? Dumb. What's what's it called? A Komodo? Is that? Oh, oh, yeah. So we had um, Tajiri versus Billy Kidman in a cruiserweight title match. I actually actually really enjoyed it. There was a brutal drop kick from Billy Kidman to Tajiri. Um, He missed the shooting star press. Um, which looks quite because he took quite a an awkward landing. You know, I, I don't know why I don't really notice it now. I just, I, it was weird because I was watching it, I was noticing stuff that was happening. I was just like, Eesh. but I don't do that with like modern day wrestling. If somebody fucks up, I just kind of go, eh, yeah, they fucked up. But back then, I was just like, Ooh, dodgy landing. And then I saw the tarantula for the first time in years, which was which was nice. I was always a big fan of the tarantula. I thought it's pointless mind you, but I was always a fan of it. Did Emma do a tarantula? I was just about to say, Emma did a tarantula. I knew you would know that. because I you know, knew that. I kind of know who Emma is. Late. Um, yeah, and I, I actually, just in my notes, I've put Tajiri is awesome. So well, you're I, not wrong. I'm not going yeah, to bullshit you. Yeah, I actually really, I mean, I was watching it. I was like, fuck, I forgot how good Tajiri actually is. Like he was hitting moonsaults all over the place. He was kicking yeah. the shit out of Kidman, tarantulas. I was like, my God. I Did you see the poison mist? No. 
Ah, you lose Missed. all your points for that. Then. In fact, I was actually waiting for it. There was, there was I think Kidman had him up for a uh, a power bomb at one point. Deliver. What a shock! <laughs> yeah. Just because we don't get erections on my show doesn't mean that I'm not better. In well, fact, know, erections are pretty great. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, you've, we've said that at the wrong time because that would be a perfect segue for my uh, next bit. But we're not done with this match yet. Um, Billy Kidman, well, to, he gets to jury gets the cruiserweight championship belt and puts it at the side of the ring as if to use it when he can, when the referee's not looking, going to clock Billy Kidman in the head. I'd imagine that's what he was going for. Tori randomly takes it away from the ring. So when Tajiri goes to get it, he looks over to Tori. She's holding it. He's all confused. Billy Kidman rolls him up. We have a new cruiserweight champion, Billy Kidman. I gave that segment a 7 out of 10. And that segment ended with uh, Tajiri berating Tori in Japanese. So I think this is the start of the Komodo Tori. I'm all for that, by the way. So um, let's just assume that we um, talked about erections there. What a perfect segue to this segment of uh, SmackDown. Um, I'm actually just going to read the notes exactly how I've written it down. Creepy Vince with Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you've lost me again. Keep going. <laughs> she offers her services as executive assistant. Vince says he loves how she walks, which was odd. And then I put comes. He was very happy about that. And you could see. It Wait like... a minute. Fucking rewind for a minute here. Uh, say again. <laughs> I, I put that Vince comes. Holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's the mixture of the context of the words and your accent. because at first i thought you said vince comes and then i realized that you in fact said vince comes (laughs) yeah he spermed in his trousers um yeah he he, he, was um he was very happy to see stacy and uh pleased that she offered his services. And unfortunately I know where this storyline ends up going as it goes along and it gets creepier every single week. I gave this thing a three out of 10. It was dross. You said a man come. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you've got panties. I've got Vince coming in his pants. I think, I think I know what I'd rather watch. And I, I, there you go. I'm, I'm being honest. So I mean, say some people might get off on Vince McMahon um, jizzing in his pants, but yeah, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Um, so that was a three out of ten segment for me. Um, it sounds like it was a ten no, out of ten for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Then we go into um, yeah another poor segment. Um, Hardcore Holly comes into Vince's office. Um, You have Vince saying that he's pissed off at Maven for dropping the Hardcore Championship to Raw, uh, which I didn't realize had happened, but there you go, it did. Um, So he says to Hardcore Holly, go out there and teach Maven a lesson. So we have a match between Maven and Hardcore Holly. I've Literally, the only thing I've put here is that Hardcore Holly has a great dropkick. That is it. He does. That that is my note. And he does, to be fair. 
Um, Holly won with a uh, an Alabama slam. Now, when I was watching this, I, I used to be a fan of the Alabama slam, but it seems to have weakened also over the course oh, of time. Like, well, wait, do you did you ever like that as a finisher? I like when Hardcore Holly does it. And then I think I think Wade Barrett took it on, didn't he? I don't think it had the same same. I think he called it like the way. Did he call it like the wasteland or wasn't something? Wasn't it? Like that? No, but wasn't his on the shoulders and then flipped them oh, when yeah. the other one was like, eh. The only other. <clears throat> I think Cody Rhodes used to do it for a little while, didn't he? Uh, oh, he was with Hardcore Holly, though. That's why he did it. Remember when yeah. Cody and Hardcore Holly were a team for like I a actually, brief I actually don't. You may have not been watching wrestling at that point. It was like 2009. Oh, yeah. I was away. I was away from Yeah, that. well, they were a team for a little while. Cody Rhodes did the Alabama Slammer for a little while. But no, Hardcore Holly was the only one that really did it any justice. Yeah, he made it look good. And it was good enough for a one, two, three. Um, but uh, it wasn't great. And I mean, there wasn't even a post-match beatdown either, despite the fact that oh. Vince said absolutely destroy him. We didn't see any of that. I gave it four out of ten. Hey, um, you might have hardcore Holly, but I have Molly Holly hitting bitches with paddles. Yeah, you've got the you've got the up end of that one. I, 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 I don't. Yeah, I don't see hardcore Holly stripping down to his panties anytime soon. So, wow, no, I, and, I mean, I'm, what? <laughs> I would debate with myself whether I'd be happy with that sight, but. <laughs> Well, technically, in a way, isn't Hardcore Holly already in his panties? I guess you could argue that. And it doesn't do anything for me, so it's a mute point. Um, Then we go into the main event. The Rock versus Chris Jericho, a match we've seen a number of times up to this point, and I don't remember ever disappointing in memory. This match, again, was pretty good. Uh, Before the match even started, Chris Jericho attacked The Rock before the bell. Um... And then, and then we got into the match, and it was, you know, standard back and forth, you know, enjoyable stuff. Um, classic 2000, well, early 2000s booking. Uh, we had a ref bump, and oh, Kurt Angle interfered. Shot. So Kurt Angle's oh. living in numerous storylines here. Um, his, his interference failed. The Rock caught him. But um, whilst the referee was still down, Jericho went for the people's elbow, but was stopped. The Rock did his little kip up and then delivered a spine buster and went into a nice little people's elbow of his own, but was then met with an angle slam. Then the referee regains consciousness, goes to count one, two, and then the Rock kicks out. Crowd goes crazy. Ah. Then Edge comes out and evens the odds, attacks Kurt Angle, so that gets rid of him. And then we have a Rock bottom for the win. I gave that a seven out of ten. It was good for what it was. It, there's not going to be any storyline progression from it. I, I, in, to my knowledge, I don't think The Rock and Jericho do anything past this. I mean, I'm trying to remember back to that Backlash DVD. We'll see. And I don't we'll see. Who knows? But we'll, yeah, we'll see when you come back next Saturday. Um, but overall, I gave SmackDown 72%. Which I'd say is, air quotations, good for a show. It wasn't brilliant. It wasn't great. But it was good. It was a good first show post-brand split. I had had a few complaints, obviously. Um, But ultimately, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I didn't enjoy it as much as Vince enjoyed Stacey, but I did enjoy it. (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't get me started on that again. <laughs> Take us home, dits. Um, uh, but there you go. Um, so between us personally, um, I've gone for the SmackDown win. I mean, I don't know. I mean, your all sounded pretty. Yeah, it sounded like you had some decent matches on the show, to be fair. Um, you know, bra and panties aside. Uh, I'm sorry. What? No, it was bikinis. There's oh, a difference. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that, is that less? Is that more scantily clad? Or? Fuck. <laughs> Get it Jeez. right. Jeez. Um, but uh, yeah, I think if I watched Raw, I would have enjoyed it. And I probably actually would have rated it higher than the 51.25. Well, well I don't know if... Like, I, 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 hey, fuck the rating. Vote for <laughs> Raw. Vote, yeah, uh, vote yeah, for me. That's the thing. Yeah. Ultimately, who gives a fuck what we've just rated it? It's, it's ultimately down to you guys and... You know, sold this better. I know it was me, but like, just give me that ego boost that it was me. You know, I I think that I edged it towards the end. I edged it. I mean, you I think, don't have. I think be... Vince McMahon might have been the one edging, but that's all right. <laughs> Which is enough for some people. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> uh, gone again. He's gone again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I'm was, 23 years old, and I'm laughing at penis jokes. I, I think it's perfectly acceptable up until the age of about 67. <laughs> so 69, you should say. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it gone. <laughs> the the tone has officially gone lower than it's ever going to go. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I could probably top That's it next a very week. Very bold statement. I'm I'm pretty sure Vince stoops a little bit lower. See, I have creepy Vince. You don't have that. I have creepy Ric Flair. <laughs> but he tries to keep it cool. He keeps he tries to keep it straight. I'm oh sure yeah, nothing seems straight thing. as a bikini paddle on a pole match where the winner <laughs> gets to spank their opponent on the ass. How fucking cool and straight of him. Woo. <laughs> yeah, definite woo. Um, so there you go. That was Raw. That was SmackDown. We thought, as a whole, it was a good week of wrestling. I mean, if we were living in that era, yes, it was a good week of wrestling. But ultimately, yes, do you side with Josh's Raw or do you side with my SmackDown? Raw. You side with Raw. I don't think so. Oh, imagine Ooh, a podcast. Like ASM- an ASMR podcast. <laughs> ASMR. I'm rubbing my fingers on the microphone. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vince just there. come again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, yeah, I think that's probably a good, good time to end it on that little mm-hmm. strangeness. Uh, but there you go. And we will drop the poll as soon as this episode drops on Twitter. Um, so we'll, get, we'll give you a whole six days to do some voting before the next episode to decide who wins. At the moment, we're just doing it for bragging rights, but at some point we'll probably introduce something in it to make it a little bit more... Um, give it a bit more... What's the word? Pizzazz. A bit more meaning. Maybe, 
Maybe we'll set up something where the loser has to do something. We don't know yet, but we'll get there. Because we've got to try and figure out if we're going to break this down into, like, seasons, if we're going to break this down. And because it goes for a long time, um, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, this is the the joy of social media. You, if I mean, if you have any thoughts on the show, any way that we could improve it, you know, we are more than open to constructive oh, criticism. Yeah. Constructive criticism it's mean, <laughs> keyword constructive, constructive criticism shit all over dits and tell me how great i am that's constructive criticism for me yeah. <laughs> maybe not maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there you go we'll get the we'll get the poll up as soon as this episode drops so when you're listening to this either the poll has expired and therefore tough or it is live, get yourself on Twitter and vote for, uh, well, obviously vote for SmackDown, but you know, ultimately you can vote for who you want to vote for, um, but obviously vote for SmackDown. Um, but that is it. Anything you want to say, Josh, before we close out? Anything you want to try and sell to these people? Um, the only thing I'll say is that I hope everyone has a lovely morning, evening, uh, day, whatever the fuck your you're listening time is at. Just have a good one. And um, I feel like you should wear a red shirt today. Just saying. Just saying, everyone. Red looks good on everybody, so we'll just keep it at that. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>